This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And I could start the show with a bit of an arg, but it's not really an arg, so I'm not going to play the sounder. You know, because it's, you know, it's some, you know, modern problems, first world problems. It's not that big a deal. And besides, it resolved itself today. But I I, I posted about it on my Facebook page yesterday. And I I did so just because um, it seemed... Like uh, uh, an inadequate excuse, uh, I'd sent away for for a uh, an item, a decorative item to put in my room on the wall, and uh, because uh, um, uh, it was uh, it's from Retro Agogo. There's this Google it Retro Agogo, and they got these neat uh, neat things. <laughs> and they have this line of wall decorations. I talked about one some months ago when I got one that was uh, of uh, of the devil or hail Satan, and uh, and so then I you know Amy and I were sitting on the couch the other night and or a couple week, a week ago or something like that, and I was checking my email and Retro Agogo had sent me an email saying hey we've got a bunch of stuff on sale now, you know kind of clearing out from the Christmas what's left over from Christmas holidays and all that. So I, I went and checked it out, and uh, what I got was this big wall mask. It's a it's 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 they're they're based on uh, or or loosely based on the Ben Cooper uh, Halloween masks that we all had as kids. If you're of a certain age, if you're my age or maybe older, uh, you used to get these plastic masks that had this rubber band that would go around the back of your head, and it'd just be this you know molded plastic. And uh, uh, they had a whole, all kinds of different ones like Planet of the Apes stuff and Hulk and Captain America and other characters, Barbie and whatever, through the years. And they were Ben Cooper uh, designs, or the company was called Ben Cooper. It was owned by Ben Cooper or something. I don't know the history of it. And, and so Retroagogo has all these, these, these replicas of masks. Well, they're not exact replicas, but they're kind of, kind of based on these, these masks. But the thing is, they're they're for hanging on the wall, not for walking around wearing them. Uh, they're about 18 inches high. You know, they're, that's much bigger than somebody's face. So, I mean, you'd have to have a really big face. So I got one of the devil, and then uh, um, that was some months ago, and I talked about it on the show, I think, and I did a unboxing video and all that for it. Well, this time, um, I was looking through what they had. They had several... 
pretty cool looking choices to go from. And I picked one that was a, a mummy. I'll put a picture of it on the show notes page. You get to the show notes by going to dimland.com, click on the show notes blog option, and you'll get to them. I'll put a picture of what I got. Uh, and uh, the the difference with uh, this one that I just received from the one that I got some months ago is that this one's what they call plum naked. And it, uh, what that means is um, normally these masks come with a cardboard back cardboard backing. Uh, but these, the one I got, doesn't have the cardboard backing. And the the ones that come with the cardboard backing also have a nice box that they come in. And the plum naked ones don't have the box. And and it, so it's it's like they, they got them made and they just hadn't finished the process of putting the cardboard backing on them and putting them in boxes because, uh, you know, I don't know, they just had extras, uh, whatever they do. And so they decide, well, we just slash the price on these things and you could buy an extra so for the price that I paid for uh, this mummy mask that I got uh, I I think I paid less than I paid for the the you know, the devil mask hail Satan um, that was not plum naked had the box and everything and including the shipping I paid for less than that and what it was so uh, got a good price on it and I thought okay let's get it so I I send away and I get the you know confirmation in the email, and then they then they say okay your your product is as your item has shipped, and here's the tracking number, and they shipped it with the USPS, uh, the United States Postal Service, and here's the tracking number, and so I'm checking you know each day I kind of check the tracking number, and it seems like oh, here, oh and it shows you the history and where is it going and all that, and it tells me that it's going to be delivered, the U, the post office is saying it's going to be delivered on Thursday. January 13th. It was whoa, cool. That was yesterday as I record the show. That was yesterday. I was all excited, all excited. And um, kind of forgot about it. I got off of work. I didn't have to work last night. Yay! And, uh, and so I went and picked up some groceries. And when I got home, it was close to, you know, it was after 6, maybe 6.30. And, uh, and I came in. I said, is my package here? She's no. Amy says, no. No package. It's not. What? It's not there? Oh, they said it was in transit. The last thing it said it was, you know, had left for delivery. It was ready, you know, that's, it was out for delivery is what it said. So I, I check it again. And there's this notice in red that uh, they, they weren't able to deliver. Uh, uh, there was uh, no access to the delivery location. And I thought, what are they talking about? No access to delivery location. So we have a porch. We have a three-season porch out in the front of our house. So I go out onto the porch, and, and, and we keep the screen door of the porch unlocked so that, you know, packages can be left on the porch. We put a, We even put a, well, I, I sense put a little sign in the window saying, for deliveries, you know, you can leave them on the porch. The door is unlocked. And so I, I, I took a picture of what we were looking at. Now, we're in January. We're in winter here in Minnesota, so we, we get snow. And it, which is, you know, the post office has been in Minnesota for, I don't know, a few years. So they've had to deal with winter once in a while. <laughs> they should have some experience with it. 
Anyway, so it hadn't snowed this week uh, up until you know, Thursday. As of Thursday, there was it hadn't snowed. Uh, it had gotten warm, and the, the street, you know, the sidewalks, the, the the stairs that lead up to our porch, everything had been shoveled and nice and dry pavement, right straight to the street. And I took a picture of that, and it's and and the street itself was plowed. Uh, it, it's it's got a real heavy snow pack. It's packed down. It's nice and smooth. It's not down to pavement exactly, but it's easily dri drivable. It's not a problem, especially if you've been in the state for a little while. And I think, as I said, the post office has been here for a while. And I thought, well, where's there's no road closures around. What's the problem? Why couldn't you access the door? What's what's going on? Well, I posted that. I just thought this was. That seems like a weird excuse. I posted it, Amy, and it said the time too. We tried to deliver at at five sixteen p.m., but they couldn't get access to the delivery location. And Amy said, "I was sitting on the couch. They didn't knock on the door or anything. <laughs> it's sitting right there." Well, I posted it on Facebook, and it seemed like other people have had similar experiences. Some quite a few experiences just like this over the last couple of years. And it's and it seems to me, judging by what some of the people that posted on Facebook and and just my thinking about it, it seems like maybe that's just the excuse the uh, the delivery person gave, like they they were heading back to the the the, the depot, <laughs> wherever they they put their mail trucks, and they looked back and went, oh shit, I forgot to deliver that. Oh, I'll just say I tried to deliver and I couldn't. You know, I'll just put that down there. Like they just come up with an excuse. Instead of just saying uh, uh, a delay in delivery, it'll be a little later than we thought. Uh, we'll try tomorrow, you know, make it tomorrow or something. But they said they would try attempt to they would attempt to deliver it the next business day, which would be today. Now, as as it would have it today, it snowed. We got like I don't know somewhere between three and four inches of snow around here, and so late in the day at work. Amy sends me a text saying your package is here, and I thought, well, what, do, they, do they need snow on the roads? Fresh snow on the roads and on the stairs, leading up to our porch. Do they need that to be able to deliver the package? Oh, the pavement's too dry. I need to be walking on snow to be able to bring this up the up the steps to that that porch. Uh, I can't. I can't just. Uh, I mean, really? It, it, it's just very interesting. But I got it. And it's really cool. I like it. Um, yes, it's different. It's, it doesn't have the backing. You know, and you go to their website. They, they when you when when you're ordering them, they even have a, a an instructional video that you can watch to, that tells you how you can hang your plum naked masks because the the masks with the cardboard backer, the backer has a hole, a die cut hole in there where you can use that to, you know, hang it up on a nail on the wall. So they show you you can there's there's options you can put double stick tape along the, the there's an edge that goes around the whole thing that 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 uh, it's a little flange that comes out and would go flat against the cardboard backer or in this case flat against the wall flat-ish against the wall uh, so you can put double stick tape on there it's about a quarter inch thick maybe a little more and and you can do that or not a quarter inch maybe a half inch thick that's that's more like it or you can use a hole punch 
you know, little, little thing, just punch a hole at the top and you, you know, put a nail through it. Or you can just put a thumbtack through it. Well, I, I had a hole punch and I put that there and I put a little nail pin or something on the wall up in my room and it's up in place and it's really neat. <laughs> I'm glad I got it. <laughs> but the excuses, the excuses. Um, yeah, we just couldn't get to your to, to deliver because uh, there wasn't any snow on the ground on, on your sidewalk. It was all nice and dry. Like, <laughs> I can't trust that. Fun socks. Fun socks. We're in the new year. We're in 2020. And um, uh, I, I, uh, I, sometime last spring, I think it was, I was at the, uh, at the supermarket buying groceries. And believe it or not, that's where I stumbled upon uh, an end cap in one of the aisles and saw that they had all these all kinds of fun socks with uh, humorous designs on them or interesting designs on them. And I looked at them and I thought, oh, they're like five bucks a piece. And I thought, huh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll buy one of those. See, y you know me. I wear all black all the time uh, out in public. At home, when I, when I go to bed, you know, I wear more colorful clothes. But when I'm presenting myself in public, it's pretty much all black. With no logos, most of the time. Ask me why. It's just a weird, weird thing about me that I just decided I don't want to be a billboard. <laughs> Something like that. And I just wear black because it's easy and I think I look good in it. So what the hell. But I thought, you know, with the socks, I could be that, you know, one of those middle-aged guys that starts to wear fun socks. I'm, there's others. I'm not the only one. I'm not the first guy to do this. I mean... There's fun socks, after all, so if, if they exist, that means that there's people buying them. And so over the next several months, <laughs> I just started acquiring fun socks. I had a friend send me a whole bunch of them, and my wife has gotten me some, and then I've been buying myself some, and it, it's just been adding up. So when the new year rang in, I thought, hey, that'd be kind of neat. I mean, my usual resolution for a year is to is to uh, see the end of the year, see the next year. Yeah, that's that's my resolution usually. I just uh, lit, get through this year and see the next one. And then I figure one of these years, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna break that resolution. But this time, and I didn't really even think of it as a resolution. It was some a Facebook friend said that it was probably the best re resolution they've seen ever. So it's like wow. Anyway, <laughs> and I and so I decided each day I'm going to put on some fun socks, a pair of my fun socks, and I'm going to take a picture of my feet in those fun socks and post it on the Facebook. And I'll I don't come up with a clever name for the socks or something like that. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're not, but whatever. And 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 so I'll do that. And so um, the first pair of socks that I got. Now let me tell you. I will not get through the entire year. I don't have 365 pairs of socks. I mean, that's weird. But I should be able to easily get through January and probably well into February before uh, I'm out of the fun socks. Oh, and by the way, the last pair that I will put on, uh, on the Facebook, the last pair, I got it just uh, this past week. Super fun. I think they're going to be hilarious. Uh, I, I love them, and I can't wait to put them on and, and, and show them on the Facebook, but I'm going to have to wait 
because I've got a bunch more socks to wear before then. That's going to be the final pair of my new pairs of socks. That's going to be the one. And but so look for look to you know it's it's going to be a, it's going to be fun. Um, <clears throat> so the first pair of socks that I bought it, when I was at the grocery store that day and I looked at them is uh, is a pair of socks that has uh, a Bigfoot riding a bicycle you know, through the wilderness. He's riding a bicycle and he's holding a beer. Now there's more to it than just that. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take my break now. It's much, it's a little early, I think. But what the hell? I'm gonna take my break now, and I'm gonna tell you. Um, well, I'm gonna give you the backstory on that on that sock. So you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ZTalkRadio.com. Uh, I shall return after this break. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jen, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I was talking about the first pair of fun socks that I bought for myself in this, uh, uh, when I was making that decision. I'm going to be one of those old guys who wears fun socks. Uh, so um, the first pair, uh, they're largely green, or mostly green. Say, with a little wilderness kind of scene in there, silhouetted scene, uh, against some blue and some white, you know, showing sky with clouds. And then there's the feature player on the socks uh, is uh, is a Bigfoot riding a bike and holding a beer. 
And when I posted that on Facebook on January 1st, no, that was January 2nd. That was the second pair I put up. The first pair I put up was, incidentally, was uh, Van Gogh, or Van Gogh, uh, his uh, Starry Night uh, painting, uh, the socks version of that, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, anyway, so um, I, I, I posted that, uh, the Bigfoot one, on the second day, uh, January 2nd. And when I posted it, I, I wrote, uh, you know, Bigfoot on a bike with a beer, something like that. And then uh, parenthetically said, uh, you know, obviously it's based on the, or based on the Patterson-Gimlin film, No Doubt. Now, you may not know the Patterson-Gimlin film by name, but you've probably seen the film. It's a Bigfoot film. The Bigfoot walking across the clearing in Northern California. It was 1967, I believe, when the film was made, or 68. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's world famous. It's been studied and studied by amateurs and amateurs and amateurs. And a couple of professionals may have looked at it. But, you know... People, you know, armchair sleuth type people looking at that saying, "Well, yeah, as you can see, that uh, there's no zipper on the back, and there's no, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's real. This is authentic. Well, it is the best piece of evidence for Bigfoot, but that's not saying much because most of the evidence for Bigfoot is pretty much shit, and this one is just very, very inconclusive <laughs> at the most. Uh, but there's a when I made that joke that it was uh, based on the Patterson-Gimlin film, no doubt, I was hiding the truth in there because it's really not a joke. It really is based on the Patterson-Gimlin film, except it's based on one of the deleted scenes. You may not know this, and I probably shouldn't tell you guys, so keep it to yourselves. Don't let this out. Because they might come after us if they find out that I've let it spill about this video or film, I should call it. It's actually a deleted scene. You see, the filmmakers Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin, uh, they they set out to make a uh, a Bigfoot film. They wanted to, uh, I don't know, become world famous and get the world to be excited about seeing this Bigfoot film. So um, Bob, pa uh, uh, um, Roger Patterson was the director and the cameraman, while Bob Gimlin was sort of the guy that got everything done. You know, he, he hired the actor to put on the costume, which he got the costume made and got this all together. He scouted the location to find, you know, that that would look just right to have a Bigfoot walking across a clearing. Uh, he did all that stuff and he got it ready. And, and he's, he's, this isn't known, this isn't something that's really known about Bob Gimlin, but he's a really good kind of uh, a director whisperer. You know, he lets the, he's smart. He lets the director have his, his shots that the director thinks will work. Uh, and it's, in this case, it's Roger. He lets the director have the shots, but, but just subtly and maneuvers the director to what he, what Bob thinks is the best way of doing stuff. So, um, Patterson had everything set up for the first take, and the first take is putting the you know the guy in the costume, get him on a bike, give him a mug of beer, and he says, "Now I want you to ride across this clearing, 
when you get to this point I want you to look over your shoulder at the camera and hold up the beer okay so you know and and they did okay let's take the shot let's do it and they did it and Roger says wow what do you think what do you think Bob do you think that was pretty good and Bob says well yeah I it was good Roger I mean really Roger was great except um what what's the problem well do you think people are gonna buy that Bigfoot rides a bike I mean how many bikes are just laying around in the woods? It's it's. It, I, you think they're really gonna believe that Bigfoot rides a bike? And Roger said, "Well, I thought it would add a certain amount of action, you know, move it along, and you know, you know." As I know, I know, I understand what you're thinking there, but I don't think people are gonna buy. He rode a bike, and besides, we spent the extra money on the pendulous breasts on the costume, and with the Bigfoot riding the bike, we can't. We don't really get a good look at them. And uh, Roger says, "Well, that's a good point." Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, okay, I'll tell you what. All right, all right, all right. Let's take another take. Let's do another shot. Okay, this time uh, we're going to lose the bike. All right, so what you're going to do is you're going to walk into the clearing. And as you get to that same part where you turn, you know, turn and look over your shoulder, hold up the beer, and continue on. All right, so let's do it. And they take the shot. They get the film. Uh, they get it on shot, and then, you know, Roger says, oh, well, okay, Bob, what you think? What you think? And Bob says, well, that was pretty good. Oh, you get, what, what, you got more notes? Says, well, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, what do you think? Well, the beer. What's wrong with the beer? Well, we want to reach a wide audience, don't we? And he says, yeah, we want, we want it to be friendly, you know, for families, and we want that, right, don't we? Yeah, well, I, th I think we should lose the beer. We'll lose the beer? Can you imagine the marketing that we could get out of this? Bigfoot says it's Miller time. Can't you see it? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, Roger, I got you. But, you know, kids like Bigfoot, and I, I think we're going to get, I think they're going to, you know, think we're trying to promote underage drinking. So, you know, should we try one without the beer? Roger said, well, all right, without the beer. But we still get the pendulous breasts, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Pendulous breasts got to stay. I mean, everybody loves pendulous breasts, so of course we got to keep those. So okay, uh, let's go back to the start point. This time we're going to lose the beer. Walk across. Look over at us at that same point. Uh, make sure to swing your arms as you're walking and get those breasts pendulating really well. Okay. So then look over and then keep walking into the woods. All right, and we'll handle all the stuff. So are you ready? Uh, and just before he calls action, uh, you know, Bob says, oh, uh, Roger, what? Remember, make sure the camera is really shaky and just steady it just for a few seconds, like three to four seconds, and then, you know, get it shaky again. So, so you know, just so people only get a tantalizing look at it. We don't want a real clear look at it, but we'll still see the pendulous breasts, right? Oh, yeah, pendulous breasts. See, that's what's happened. So the, so the socks were based on that deleted scene. Now, somebody is going to be in trouble if they ever see those socks. Now, so that means don't, you know, don't let on that I told you about it. You're in the know now, so don't let on. Speaking of they, <laughs> uh, last week when I was doing my show, I had mentioned something about strange bedfellows and that maybe I should talk about something that I've noticed. And um, so I'm gonna. 
you know, the, I think the phrase is something like politics makes for strange bedfellows. Uh, it's it's sort of related to the 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 enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's sort of related to that. Uh, you know, if this if this person who may in most cases be, you know, the exact opposite of the kind of image that we present as a as a political party. Let's say there's let's say there's a political party that is is. Uh, it represents the more the minority view of the country uh, and a regressive view of the country. Uh, let's say there's a party like that, and they've spent years saying that they're for family values and and you know all that kind of stuff. And and uh, let's say you know that uh, you know the sanctity of marriage was something they talked a lot about, and there's and and all that. And somebody comes along who's been to, you know been married three times, has cheated on his wife, has talked about grabbing women by their privates. He's fine because he's going to get us the judges we want on the court, right? Strange bedfellows. He's going to get you know we'll we'll forget all our principles. Will allow this person to not live up to any of our principles, to be almost the exact opposite of all of our principles that we claim to have, and yet, you know, so we'll back this guy, right? Strange bedfellows. There's a couple other ones. I've talked about Ben Shapiro in the past. He's a very conservative uh, uh, pundit. He's got a he's got this thing called the Daily Wire going on the internets. He's super serious. I speculated that he's never had a really good belly laugh. But since then, I have seen pictures of him seemingly laughing pretty hard. So maybe I could be wrong. It looks like I'm wrong. I'm okay with being wrong. But anyways, but this guy's real, you know, he's young. He's uptight. And, and he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's, I guess you could say he's a family values kind of guy. He had a really difficult time with Cardi B's song, Wet Ass Pussy. He had a real difficult time with that song. Found it, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm sure he found it, it was coarsening the quality of society. Uh, that it was, you know, to, to sing about such things. And, you know, for the first time, in research for this show, I watched the video for the song. Um, not for me. It's, it's not my kind of song. It wasn't, you know, Cardi B looks fine, and the other person that was in the video with her, they look fine. You know, it's just, and, and yeah, the song is, is pretty explicit. It's explicit about its sexuality and it's and the woman's demands for men with large units and and you know and then she's wet so you better bring a bucket. It's the first time I'd heard the song. I'd heard about it. I heard about the reactions to it, but I never heard the song. And it's you know not for me. But that doesn't you know I'm not going to tell. I mean, we might want parents to be use their discretion in, in how old their kids will be when they listen to such a song but yeah so Ben Shapiro had a real problem with that song and that brings me to the strange bedfellows thing because on his daily wire thing he's promoting Adam Carolla Adam Carolla used to be the biggest podcaster in the world until Joe Rogan took over
uh, Adam Cole started his own pod- podcast network and all this stuff, and and uh, he he he's done really well as a as a as a comedian actor podcaster radio guy whatever you know all this stuff he's done really well and he makes plenty of money and all that he's about my age and i see this video that's been put out there by ben shapiro uh about you know in, in promotion of the truth yeller uh, you know yell as in yelling yeller the truth yeller it's adam carolla's thing and I don't know if it's a show or what the, what the deal is, but I thought, does Adam does does Ben Shapiro know about Adam Carolla? Does has he ever listened to his podcast? Does he does he know that um, you know Shapiro is dead set against porn, and Adam is a big fan of porn. Uh, maybe he's changed since I stopped listening to his podcast, but last I recall, he was a big fan of porn. He'd talk about porn fairly frequently, uh, he, and and he's he he would do bits on his show that would be very sexually explicit. You know, for example, he has an idea of how to deal with uh, you know poor folks. Uh, either in this country or around the world that can't afford to have more children and shouldn't have more children. So he has a suggestion to the men, to the males in that relationship, about how they should uh, deal with uh, uh, the, the climax of the act of sex. And, and, and it's, you know, it, it, it essentially is promoting the... the the pull-out method of birth control. But not just that. He has a, a, an explicit suggestion of how the men finish in that scenario. Or, I should say, maybe where they finish. And by finish, I mean ejaculate. Ugh, I know. It's, it's, I'm, getting, I'm getting into the sex thing, and it, it makes me uncomfortable, but I can get through it. So he has this whole routine. And, and part of his podcast, he's got, he's got people that he's hired. He pays them to write parody songs based on his ideas. Something he said on the show, some guy comes up with a parody song, they'll take a, an existing pop song, and they'll change the lyrics, and they'll record it, and you know, and Adam will play it on his show. So, I don't know the name of the guy that does it, but took, the, took uh, Adam's suggestion of how to avoid having children that you can't afford. Of course, the pull-out method is not the most reliable method of birth control. But anyway... Um, the song, the parody songwriter, writes up a song, gets it recorded, sends it back into Adam, and Adam plays it on his show. And the song is a parody, uh, 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 or it's it's done to the tune of "Putting on the Ritz." Okay, except it's not "Putting on the Ritz." It's another word for arriving on the. A word that rhymes with Ritz that stands for boobs. Now, boobs is a word that we can say about women's breasts, but this other word that rhymes with Ritz, that's what's in there. 
so the song is you know arriving on the boobs but except it's not that you you i think you can figure it out has ben shapiro heard that he, he corolla likes porn Corolla talks very sexually explicitly. He's he's talking about where men, in order to avoid having babies, and this is a clever way to get poor people who can't afford to have kids to avoid having kids. It's a catchy way to tell them. Strange bedfellows. Because Adam will speak out against the woke people. And whenever I hear a guy that's about my age, Adam's just a little bit older than I am, talking about, a white guy especially, talking about woke, I get a little, are you just, are you just upset because you can't use the N-word? Or you can't use the F-word? And I don't mean the F-bomb. I mean the F-word that, that is a derogatory term used to, uh, uh, to refer to certain queer people. Is that what it is? I mean, I've grown past that. I grew up in the 80s. That word was used. I've used it. It's in a song by Dire Straits. I heard the song, you know, uh, Money for Nothing. I heard that song fairly recently. I'd forgotten that it's used in there like three times. And I went, wow, it was a different time. It was a different time. But I think it seems like that's what they want. And they, they all worried about, you know, the, the, the this crowd wanting to control us. They just want to control us. Well, I've got more to say about that with as relating to Adam Carolla. When I come back from this break, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I will return. Hi, this is Pete Townsend of The Who. I just want to say that the United States Air Force is a great place to be, a great place to learn a space-age skill and serve your country too. The Aerospace Team, that's where all the breakthroughs are. See your United States Air Force recruiter. Find out how you too can fly the skies, reach for the moon, and touch the stars in the United States Air Force. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up! Listen to Z Talk Radio on ZTalkRadio.com. A 
and welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I was talking about Adam Carolla and how he's uh, found himself in uh, in bed with the strange fellows uh, of uh, people like Ben Shapiro, ultra-conservative. Uh, Carolla's kind of a libertarian sort of guy. I wonder how he and Jimmy Kimmel get along now. They came up together. Or they helped each other break into the business. Uh, Jimmy was kind of ahead of Adam a little bit, helped Adam into it, and then two of them worked together to, you know, to uh, get the man show thing and, and just kind of launch themselves. And uh, uh, Jimmy's done exceptionally well. Adam's done very well. And Jimmy seems to be more liberal. I don't think he's a libertarian type. Corolla's more that. Um... So not only does does, does Kroll, has Corolla kind of teamed up with Ben Shapiro, he's teamed up with Dennis Prager, another guy that's super conservative, super religious, family values. Uh, so the video that I saw that was shared by, um, I guess, Ben Shapiro on my Facebook page, uh, somebody must have commented on it and it showed up on my Facebook page. And it's from the Daily Wire. Uh, it's shared there. And it's the you know the truth yeller, and it's Adam Carolla doing some stand-up routine in front of an audience of a bunch of dude bros, and uh, and he's talking about uh, the all woke, no joke douchebags. See, he's doing a routine that I heard him do on his podcast like 15 years ago uh, about smokers. It's a slippery slope thing, and he does have a point, sort of, but it's you know it's a slippery slope thing where he talks about how they treated the smokers the progressives and all that and he came and but the difference from when i heard him say it 15 years ago is that he's come up with a name for they the all woke no joke douchebags i mean douchebags you know that stay classy family values hey really good there there adam I, you know a wet ass pussy isn't good enough for ben shapiro but you know douchebags are fine Hey, as long as he's preaching in our corner, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look the other way on all his other stuff. We'll forgive all the other stuff or pretend it doesn't exist, but we'll just, okay. So anyway, so Adam's doing this routine, and he's talking about smokers. And he's talking about the all-woke, no-joke douchebags that just, uh, you know, they're against the smokers. Smokers used to be able to smoke anywhere they wanted. You know, in restaurants, they smoke anywhere they wanted, but the all-joke, no-joke, all woke, no-joke douchebags came to the smokers and said, hey, you know, we're going to make a smoking section for you guys. So the smokers all went over to the smoking section. Well, that wasn't enough for the all-woke, no-joke douchebags. So they, they went to the smokers again and said, hey, you know what? You can't smoke out here in the restaurant, but you can smoke at the bar. The smokers all complied, went over to the bar. But that wasn't enough. So the old all woke no joke douches, he he he'll shorten it from douchebag to douches. Yeah. They come over to the to smokers and say, you know, you can't smoke in the the restaurant bar. You have to go outside. There's a patio out there for you. So the smokers all did it. And the next thing you know, the all woke no joke douchebags tell them, you know, you got to move further down the road away from the patio and the doorway and all that. You got to do that. You got to go like thirty feet away. And they did. The smokers did, and then certainly, then they said, "You know what?" The, the douchebags all said to them, "You need to move to the. You have to go down to the park, 
and the smokers all went to the park and they said uh, you can't smoke in the park and the, and the smokers just said oh forget it we'll we'll vape <laughs> oh we're coming for that too and adam's idea is that they just they don't care about the smoke they just want to control us they just want to control you okay now there's a joke coming there's a joke in here right so then adam says you know who has the number of these all woke no joke douchebags you know who's got them figured out the nra and all the dude bros start cheering yeah yeah you know the nra they they uh, uh they knew how to draw the line apparently so when the all-woke, no-joke douchebags went to the NRA and asked, uh, do you really need a grenade launcher on your M16? And the NRA says, well, the hell am I going to light my cigarette then? Something like that. So how the hell am I going to light my cigarette? See, that's, that's the joke. Because they apparently use a grenade launcher on their M16s to light their cigarettes. Now, immediately when I heard that, I said, yeah, I've heard it, uh, except for that last bit there. I guess that's the joke. And I I don't know. The dude bros thought it was funny, but you know, I was like, okay. All right. Well, I guess that's kind of a joke. Now, I think Adam Carolla could be funny. I, I used to listen to his podcast. I used to laugh at his stuff. I, I thought it was funny. You know, he's quick-witted, you know, and, and a good improv guy. And I you know, didn't always disagree with him. But... I don't know. I just thought this. I don't know. And it's weird that Ben Shapiro and others and Dennis Prager will embrace him because he's a right-winger that's funny and there aren't too many funny right-wingers out there. Not at least intentionally funny. And I thought to myself then, wait a minute. Can we own a grenade launcher? Is it? Can a private citizen own a grenade launcher? Well, it turns out you can. You can. Now, you, you have to go through the background checks. You have to do all the stuff that you got to do. But you can own a grenade launcher. However, you can't own grenades. So the grenade launcher, the, the best you can fire from those things is maybe a fl flares. It depends on the state. Maybe it's something like that. But you can't you can't fire off explosive devices, destructive devices. The, the Constitution won't, you know, the, the Supreme Court ruled that you can't do that you also can't own an m16 well you can sort of it's weird it's 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 weird it's convoluted but I, from what i could find you can't really own a, a real m16 but you can own one that's kind of like an m16 whatever it's just i don't know man <laughs> it's the strange bedfellows and that's a bizarre well not a bizarre joke but it just doesn't seem it doesn't work um and you know and i and i, I talked about this in the past when i at the time when it happened like i said i used to listen to adam Kroll's podcast and uh when he started his podcast he had been working in radio and he lost his job in radio change format or something like that so he decided instead of just finding another job in another radio station or another radio network he decided uh this podcasting thing is happening i'm going to get into on that 
I'm going to start. I'm going to try that. And he used some of his. He used his own money. He hired people from his radio show. He built a little studio for himself, and he started doing podcasts. And he started getting you know, small advertisers, started to make some money. They got people listening. It started to get to be a big audience. You know, he was doing really well. He expanded by having other shows as part of his podcast network, and he was doing you know really well. Um, and one of the things he would say when he started doing his his podcast is he would call it the his pirate ship. Meaning that he didn't have to answer to anyone. He, you know, if he wanted to talk dirty, he could talk as dirty as he wanted. If he wanted to swear, he could swear as much as he wanted. If he wanted to top, uh, you know, tackle political things, he could do it all he wanted. He didn't have anybody. If he wanted certain guests on this show, he could get them. If they wanted to be on the show, they'd be on the show. He didn't have to answer to anyone. He didn't have to go through a program director or anything. He had a pirate ship. He could do what he wanted. This is a pirate ship. Answers to no one. Just before I stopped listening to his podcast, and this was this was what started to make me shake on it a little bit. He had announced he used to do a he used to do a show five days a week. It'd be like two three hours, five days a week. That's nuts, but he'd do it. And at the beginning of one week, he was talking about um, you know wanting to you know expand his network, you know build the you know improve the studio, be able to hire more people. In order to do that, you got to make more revenue, and it's advertisers. And he had advertisers. He had all the same advertisers anybody other podcasts had. You know, Mangrate and Sleep Number Beds and Stamps.com and all that. You know, all that stuff. And he he's, he announced though that if you want to get the bigger ones, so sometimes you know, they, like car companies might advertise on spot on podcasts, and there might be some bigger advertisers. He was hearing that the bigger advertisers were not, you know, the bigger money advertisers were not so sure about coming on board with Adam Carolla's podcast because of how, you know, how, how much he swore, how much sex talk he would do, how frank he would be about it, and, and all that. They were a little reluctant. And so what he, he decided to do, he's with a compromise them, to get the bigger advertisers, so was to say, I'll do two clean shows a week, Wednesdays and Fridays, I think it was. I'll do a clean show. So he'll refrain from swearing. He'll keep the sex talk to him to PG-13 instead of NC-17. And, you know, so he, that he would do that. He says, well, you know, it'll be like, it'll be more like the radio show because we did that on the radio show. And you like the radio show, he'd say to his audience. So we're not, you know, and I just said, wow, the pirate ship is taking on water. You're letting the advertisers tell you what to do. You're letting them dictate your content now i don't know if it's still that way if he does this two clean shows a week i don't even know if he's still doing his podcast i don't know if he went to all five days a week being clean because he'd get the bigger money the bigger advertisers i don't know i don't know where it's at but boy when that happened then when he announced that i just was like okay pirate ship is taking on water and then he pulled his you know, he he's he just a little he went a little too far with his. I'm rich because I work harder. I work hard. If you work hard, you know, suggesting that if you know if his listeners would work harder, they'd be rich too. Really, hmm. That began to bother me. 
He had a person that he called. He called. It was a it's a Craigslist ad. They used to do this who the F sells this S on his radio show and he brought it over to his podcast. And so where they look on, on Craigslist and they find out who's offering to sell these weird items. And quite often they found that it was sort of a a subterfuge for setting up a a, a, a gay tryst. Usually gay tryst. And so he finds somebody selling shoe trees, and he talks to the guy. He's an older guy who who works as a shoe shine fellow, and had some shoe trees he wanted to get rid of and make a little money on them. And he is talking about, you know, that's a little struggle. And Corolla kind of laid into him about, you know, bringing his, you know, Corolla wanted to bring his kids around so the guy could tell him what went wrong in his life, so the kids would avoid it. And that's not you, you asshole, Corolla. You're such an asshole. I had enough at that point. Screw you, Mr. Rich Guy. I'm rich because I work harder than you do. Joe Rogan does the same thing. Joe Rogan, two-time Dimland Radio Science Zero. Apparently, somebody on Facebook shared this video, and I watched just a little bit of it. Oh, Joe Rogan's got it right. And and Rogan's talking on his podcast, which is bigger than Corolla's was. And he's talking about how the left and the progressives are talking about how there's an income equality, inequality, and there's this all this you know disparity in incomes and all that. And he says, you know, there's an effort inequality. And I, it just went, oh, here's another rich guy, white guy, about my age, maybe a little younger, out there saying, you know, saying I'm rich because I make an effort. And it's like, screw you. It's like, goddamn. A friend of mine. Uh, so I stopped listening. To, I stopped listening to Corolla. I said, "Yeah, I'm done with you, Corolla. I'm done." A friend of mine the other day on Facebook. Uh, he apparently he'd been uh, doing some searching on on uh, uh, Google Maps, and uh, he was looking at the uh, continent of Antarctica, and he was zooming in on some snow-covered mountains, snow-covered mountain range. And it's a high contrast image, you know, it's got the sun hitting one side of the mountain range and, and of course it's not cutting across the other side because it's sloping down away on the other side of the ridge. But there would be these little bits of ridge, mountain ridge coming up again that would be catching some of the sunlight glint. So they would make these little squiggles or ripples in the photograph. And for whatever reason he keyed on one area and he blew it up as, you know, he, he magnified it as much as he could. And it looked like something odd to him. It looked like something unusual. It's kind of a, it, you know, it looked like a like an angle, like a building would have an angle, like a right a ninety degree angle, and and it looked like it had a row of windows. He was suggesting that this was uh, being revealed because of melting snow in Antarctica, which. It is melting. He was suggesting that because of the receding glaciers and snow and such, it's revealing a gigantic building under the snow. His evidence is finding something on Google Maps, a satellite image of the Earth, and and zooming way in on it and seeing what looks like a corner of a building you see this like the dark outline 
and on the one side, you see these serrated, serrated is not the right word, dashed, you see a dashed line of light, dark, light, dark, light, dark, which he took to mean to look like windows, like sun, you know, like light reflecting in windows or light from inside windows or something. That's what, that's what he was seeing. And he puts it up on Facebook. Well, I mean, some good old skepticism again. Oh, man, it's I miss those days. I miss those days when you just say, you know, dude, you know that the Google, uh, you know, Google Earth is not one gigantic photograph of the Earth. It is thousands of photographs of the Earth. Thousands and thousands of photographs of the Earth stitched together through the use of computer AI stuff or whatever they, whatever Google uses to build this, this, this photographic image of Earth from satellites so that you can move it around and zoom in on things and you can see you know, stuff like that. I mean, there's stories where people would find the area where the, 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 the images are stitched together by the computer. They're going to put them together and there'd be little, little anomalies would show up in those stitching points. And people would see them as being something like uh, an aircraft or like a UFO or something that was captured in the satellite image. So he's, so my friend is suggesting that this is a gigantic building with massive windows. He even had an estimate for how big the building was, how long across the ground the building was. Eight miles. And I said to him, You've enlarged an image of of a snowy snow-covered mountain range. You've got it way big, and you've got sunlight glinting off of it, and you've got these you know this window, you, you, it's like you're looking at a mountain range with sunlight coming off of it. You've blown it up, so you're probably getting photographic artifacts showing up. Just little things that happen when you mess when you zoom in on a photograph that might be pretty good resolution, but man, when you stretch it to the point of breaking in its resolution, you're gonna see weird things. And yeah, since you're seeing that, it's that's what that's what you. It's more likely that you're seeing a. You know, uh, uh, a mountain range that has some photographic artifacts from 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 zooming in way in on it. Then you're seeing a gigantic building with massive windows. It's far more likely that that's what you're looking at. It's just it's just it's a mountain range. You're seeing it. You know, I said you remember the face on Mars. The face on Mars wasn't some monument built by Martians. It was just a mountain, a rock outcropping. It was that's all it was. Once you got the better image. Steve Novella has said this on the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. He has said this. He said, there's a, and I, I mentioned it not all that long ago, when he talks about photographic and, and video images of UFOs, they're always blurry. And this is blurry, this thing. All this stuff, all these photographs that are pointed to by people that want to believe that it's showing something that it's probably not showing, they're always blurry. And the reason why they're always blurry is that the images that are in nice... Uh, sharp focus, you know what it is. And it's never magic. It's never magic. 
They look, it's always something mundane. It might be rare, but it's mundane. It's like, yeah, it's normal. It's, the, it's not extraordinary. It's not paranormal. It's not supernatural. That's why all UFO pictures that people get all excited about are all blurry. That's why the Patterson-Gimlin film of the Bigfoot walking through the, uh, you know, not the deleted scene. Remember, you can't talk about that. But that's why it's just, it's, it's not super in focus. It's just, just, just close enough to be tantalizing, but far enough away to not have any details. So, if it was nicely focused, in focus, we would be able to say, yeah, that's just a bit of a mountain range. That's all it is, with some sun coming off of it. That's it. That's all it is. In medicine, in medicine, there is a term that is used in medicine. It's called zebra. They'll say zebra. And uh, I'll read to you from the Wikipedia page. Zebra is an American medical slang for arriving at a surprising, surprising, often exotic, medical diagnosis when a more commonplace explanation is more likely. It is shorthand for the aphorism coined in the late 1940s by Theodore Woodward, professor at the University of Maryland School of Medicine, who instructed his interns, when you hear hoofbeats behind you, don't expect to see a zebra. Since horses are common in Maryland, while zebras are relatively rare, logically, one could confidently guess that an animal making hoofbeats is probably a horse. I've heard the phrase as, uh, when, you hear hoof, when you hear hooves, think horse, not zebra. When you are looking at a picture, a satellite picture, on high magnification of a mountain range with a sun hitting one side and shadow casting on the other and a, other ridges in the shadow area catching some of the glint of the sun because those ridges went up high enough to catch it and you're zooming in close enough to have photographic artifacts think that and not a gigantic building eight miles long with massive windows good night Good night, Frau Blucher. It's fun to do nice skepticism once in a while. It's kind of fun. I miss it. Anyway, uh, be you know skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Distance yourself. Get your booster shot. If you haven't been vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you haven't been boosted, get boosted. Omicron's out there. So be careful. This is Jim at Dimland uh, from Jim Dimland Radio. <laughs> Sleep with the lights off, everybody. See you next week. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by the Yolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell. <laughs>